BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. This episode is brought to you by Harris Resort SoCal. Nestled against a rolling hillside and just down the road from Palomar Mountain, Guests at Harris Resort SoCal can expect gorgeous views, friendly staff available night and day to encourage everyone to have a great time. When I was there recently, I had a chance to dine at California's first and the nation's largest house kitchen. And it's true, the beef wellington and sticky toffee dessert are great. The restaurant is inspired by the hit TV show and features a menu approved by the Michelin star celebrity chef, Gordon Ramsay himself. Hope to see you all at Harris Resort SoCal in 2024. Hey, what's up? I'm Can Nguyen, and uh, I am Vietnamese-American, mostly known for dancing on Poriotics, which was on America's Best Dance Crew Season 5 winners. And uh, I've been touring for about the past 10 years, you know, not really touring anymore after COVID happened, unfortunately. Uh, I'm from Anaheim, California. Welcome to the Vietnamese. I'm your host, Kenneth Nguyen. Being part of a culture of nearly 100 million Vietnamese people in the world today comes with a lot of pain, proud history and privilege. Join me as I highlight and explore the Vietnamese experience from all over the world. What does it mean to be Vietnamese to you? So being Vietnamese, obviously, uh, you know, you're from a, um, you're definitely going to be different if you live in America. If you're born in America and you're Vietnamese, uh, you're automatically different because the majority around you isn't really Vietnamese, especially depending on what area you're from. But uh, luckily for me, I moved around a lot. So I lived in places where there were no Asians, and then I moved to places where there were lots of Asians. So I've seen kind of like both sides of things. Um, But yeah, for me, being Vietnamese just means, you know, food, culture, parents, family, um, you know, anything that involves like, I don't know. Just a lot of it's it's kind of hard to explain. It's a lot to absorb because I'm thinking back. I'm having all the flashbacks from my family parties and everything. But to me, that's what it means to be Vietnamese. It's just about you know family and uh, yeah, a lot of good times and a lot of partying. <laughs> so for sure, you know what I mean. And, and just good food. Uh, how did you get into dancing? I see somebody do it. I think it looks cool. I start doing it. It's like monkey see, monkey do, you know? Like, a lot of my friends started doing it. And so I would just talk to my friends, hang out with them. And, you know, people play music when they hang out. So we just started dancing. And it started very innocent. Like, we're just playing around, you know? And then all of a sudden, like, we we start to get really passionate about it. And we want to learn more things. And, oh, what, what other moves can we do? How else can we get better? You know, how can we improve? On our craft and then that just became kind of like an obsession for me where I'm like okay what's the next thing what can I learn now what can I learn now and then from there it just kind of attracted other people that were kind of like me and from there you know you naturally just form a group <laughs> and then from, from there you know the rest was history like we we just started off as friends dancing in our backyard like pretty quite you? literally in my backyard <laughs> and how old were you at the time I was about I would say 13. I want to say 13. So actually, that's pretty late for uh, kids that are starting dancing because most kids that start dance, they start like when they're three or four or five even because that's usually when parents put them in dance programs. But for me, I wasn't put in any programs by my parents because my parents were always working. Yeah, They still work to this day. So for me, I had to kind of find my own hobbies and you know, I just kind of got attracted to it when I was in high school. Because that's when most of the, my other friends started doing it. But at what point do you say to yourself, like, I'm going to keep doing this 
and start to compete? Um, so that inner dialogue, I didn't really have, which is weird because I was mostly kind of just living in the moment back then and just like going wherever. Oh, my friend says there's a dance event here. Let's go here. Oh, there's a competition here. Let's go here. I was just so focused on the craft itself that nothing in the outside world really mattered. Like, that's how deep into it I was. And I didn't realize that until years later. When I look back, I'm like, wow, I really did not care about school or a career or whatever. I just really cared about this one thing. And I cared about it so much to the point where that became my career. So uh, it's a different perspective on my end because, uh, yeah, I mean, I did have those questions like kind of lingering, like from my parents. Like, they're they're like, hey, when are you going to go back to school? And, And they're talking about college, right? Like, when are you going to go back to school? When are you going to, you know, um, they didn't care about me getting a real job because I was already making money with dance. So they're like, yeah, just do it as long as you can, because it's kind of like one of those opportunities that only happen once in a lifetime. So do do you find that that it really is something that only happens once in a lifetime? Uh, Yes and no. I mean, my particular experience only happens once because now the show's canceled. Nobody could ever, you know, you can't go back in that time anymore. And plus, dance has changed so much in the past 10 years, even the past five years, to the point where if you tried to do the same show again and recreate the whole dance crew hype, it's not going to happen because it's just not the thing anymore. You know what I mean? Because dance comes and goes in waves, like the trends at least, right? Sometimes it's cool. Sometimes it's not cool because you see it so much, it becomes saturated. Oh, interesting. Yeah, yeah. It's like, um, see, the difference between dance and other art forms is like dance, you you really have to experience it live and kind of in person to feel the energy, right? Because if you see it on a little screen, you're only going to get so much from it, Mm -hmm. right? It's kind of like music. Like, it's way better live, obviously, but sometimes music is great when you're just by yourself. You just want to yeah. chill. But you, but with dance, it's like, it's a complete experience that you kind of have to be there for, you know. But I don't know. That's that's just coming from my background because <laughs> a lot of the younger generation, they're on TikTok. So they love just scrolling through and like, oh, look, look at this cool dance. Look at that cool dance. But it's really short. So a lot of the stuff nowadays, I feel like personally doesn't have as much effort put into it as we used to, because back then we used to have to get everyone together just to rehearse. You know, people still do it now, too, for big teams and stuff. But like for teams without a studio, like we would have to get everyone to my house or somebody else's house. We just rehearse. And this is what we were doing while we were competing, too. So there was a lot of work put into to the shows that we would do that would be kind of unseen you know and you you only see the result of it you you're bringing over friends and you're dancing and what happens next so one of our friends uh his name is matt and he just decides you know what because he's very observant on trends and like what's going on in the dance world and in the music world as well right now he's a dj but he would take a look at competitions and be like hey, you know what, if this is our competition and they're doing that, what we're doing is so different. Let's bring what we're doing to the competition. So what I mean is, uh, so there's a college dance scene, right, where everyone's doing kind of the same moves, hip hop, whatever, right, and very modern styles. But then what we were doing were styles that were from like the 80s. Like we were doing old school, like funk styles, like we were doing popping and robot stuff. And they weren't really competing with that at the time. And this was like early 2000s, right? Because by the early 2000s, like popping was not cool anymore. It was cool in the 80s. And this is like 20 years later where people are doing like industry like music video type of dancing, right? It's more modernized. And so we're like, let's bring the old school to the to the competition scene and see how that does and we obviously reinvented like the old school stuff into our personal taste and we use new music we you know basically tried to upgrade it from what we what we like and he saw that spark and he was like you know what this could actually change the dance scene by bringing something old and reinventing it and bringing it into the new scene and so that's kind of what inspired him to go hey guys let's compete we we can do this because we practice so much 
we do our own thing. We look completely different than other people. So we would compete with three guys against teams of like 20, 30, like college kids, you know. We were also at that age as well. We were like in our 18, 19s, you know. So, so yeah, we just brought what we did to the scene and that just kind of, you know, turned heads. <laughs> Within five years, you're like thinking and formulating strategy, right? And it's a correlation that in my mind, uh, when I think about 18 year olds at any time, you know, when I was 18 or kids 18 today, to figure out these certain trends and the, the power of, of youth, you know, when you look back and the things that you did when you were 18 is so powerful and it launches like these big things in your life and you have no idea where that is gonna take you at 18 you know, taking forms from the 80s, right? Like mm -hmm. popping from the, it's, it's, it's amazing to hear it. Um, and I remember seeing uh, your dance crew uh, probably just a few years after that, um, you know, all around. Oh yeah, I remember, I think we did a performance for uh, Saigon Electric. Do you yes. remember that film? So that was, I forgot which year it was, probably... 2011. 2011? Okay, right, right. Yeah, at that time, we were like at our peak. Like, we just got off the show, we started touring already, and uh, yeah, and, and we heard about your film, and we're like, yeah, let's do it. You know, it's, it's a Vietnamese dance film, why not? Like, this is the first we've ever heard of a, something like this, you know? So we, of course, we wanted to be a part of it. It's it's a lot of the community stuff came after the show because we realized that, oh, we were on TV as just a group of like Vietnamese and Filipino kids. Like we're representing like our countries, our, you know, our our culture and everything. So we're like, yeah, anything that has to do with the community, let's let's help it out. Let's push, you know, for for the voice, you know. Yeah, and thank you for that. We were um, very touched. Um, I don't, you know, I don't know if you know, but Stefan's no longer with us. Uh, he mm, passed away I see. three years ago, but oh, I four see. years ago. But yeah, uh, I remember how uh, touched he was and how touched I was that you know you guys were just coming off the like a national platform. It was a big deal uh, during those years. Yeah. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that he passed. I didn't know that, but yeah, that's it's amazing. Like how far we've gone since then you know the dancing for you has it physically sort of gone away inside of you or do you still do it oh so i still dance almost every day um the love for it definitely has not gone away um i've kind of made it a point to where you know i'm pretty much gonna do this until my body can't function anymore <laughs> so that's that's that you know what i mean because it, it just became a part of who i am you know my identity or whatever right uh i don't think i could even try to stop doing it that's that's how funny it is it's like i'm just gonna keep doing it until you know someone says i or until my body can't do it but i'm also trying to see how i can push that because if you're doing the same thing over and over, you're not going to learn, right? So I actually started learning how to break dance a little more and just practicing something completely new, like out of my comfort zone, uh, whatever, but still something that I really appreciate. And so the journey for dance is kind of like infinite in a way, you know, there's always something new to learn. So to me, it's like, okay, why not? Just, just keep it in my life. Um, it only takes like 30 minutes out of my day uh, if I'm doing it. But there's days where I don't do it, and that's totally fine. But, you know, it's a good workout. It's, it gets my body moving. And I think that's the whole point, right? To find something that you truly love where you could actually do it on, like, the day-to-day -day basis. So I don't know if um, I'm going to be doing it as a career, you know, because that's different. Dancing and working versus dancing as a passion, as a hobby, two different things. But... Um, with the career stuff, I feel like when the opportunities come, I'll be, I'll be ready for it, you know, but if they're not here, I'm still going to keep it moving. Right. Like that's how I am. That's like a musician, right? They just, you know, you play and you sing and you play guitar and just because that what moves your soul. And I, and imagine 
being physical and dancing to the music is what moves your soul and you know and keeps you in in shape now do you ever have friends over and they ask you to dance for them uh no you know what's funny they don't even have to ask i'm already doing it like every oh, time oh, i wow. hang out with my friends like you anybody you ask that knows me that hangs out with me like they'll tell you they'll just be like yeah he's always dancing like it's like they're they're like the type of friends that are like hey man like can you stop <laughs> you know what i mean because i will do it that much like uh anywhere i go and most of the times when i hang out with my friends like we're trying to go to places with like loud music you know whatever so where the environment actually makes sense for dance and surprisingly enough when we go out to these places like uh night markets or whatever like there's not a lot of dancing happening surprisingly and i'm like what's going on here like back then when we were younger like all of us would just dance like all the time and so for me it, it just goes you know what i'm just gonna I'll, I'll keep dancing you know what i mean because i feel like there's that gap that needs to be filled when i when i hang out with friends and stuff but I, i'm always doing it not only just to dance but because I, I i fidget a lot you know when i'm just hanging out if i'm just kind of nervous or whatever like i'm i just end up like just kind of dancing anyway with my hands or whatever right it's, it's almost like uh autopilot for me now when you were coming up you know in your teens um and you were kind of going through the developmental stage of dancing I'd imagine you're picking out or, or think, you know, grownups, so we're probably thinking like this, but young kids, was there any rhyme or reason to get into the specific uh, dance style that you got into? Uh, yeah, so the dance style that we got into, it was to us was really cool. You know, we're doing it because we're like, dude, this is such a sick move. Like, I just want to learn it. Like that, that was my kind of motivation to do it. Like the reason for me to do it was it just, it just felt so good, like satisfying to be able to pull off such a cool looking move, right? Because back then when you were a kid, you wanted to fit in, you wanted to be cool or whatever, right? Whatever the reason was, because that's just, you know, some, sometimes kids kind of lean more towards that or you lean more towards like other hobbies, like games or whatever. I, I was actually also really into games as well. So, uh, it, the reason is just like you just wanted to do what felt good right and so that to us particularly just felt good and it was also free to learn because it's it's a street style it's not something you could learn in a studio anyway um now you can but at the time there was not really any youtube there was like youtube in 2005 i think but we learned before before that so you would literally just have to learn from friends or you know the people around you and that's just that just so happens to be the style that people were doing because it's a street style you know and because you were doing this a lot in high school the getting picked on or any of that bullying probably was less i'm guessing so yeah actually um i was more bullied in middle school and everything but the moment i started to dance and have friends and you know just be a part of a group that just does you know cool things like it, the, all that bullying kind of just went away mm -hmm. and there would be people you know here and there like oh you know dancing's gay or whatever and i'm like i don't care like all of my friends think it's cool so i think it's cool you know what i mean and it, it didn't really matter even if somebody were to criticize what i was doing because we weren't good back then we were like you know we were just starting out like we weren't really good at all but the fact is, like, it was something that we really loved, and we always did it. So it didn't matter what anyone else said. So uh, that's that's how I feel. At least um, I know some people like might be afraid of showing, you know, their passion because they're afraid of bullying. But I would just tell people like, don't even like listen to them because what matters is what you want to do, right? And just just don't don't listen to the haters. You know <laughs> that that's yeah, what it is. Yeah. And how much practicing went on in those years? Like when? Oh, when I danced every day. I, I danced. Well, the moment I learned, I danced every day. I remember this clearly too. Like I, every day, it would be you know in front of like a TV screen because I didn't have a mirror. Like I would just practice, practice, practice. And some days it would be for hours. Some days it would just be for like thirty minutes or whatever. But um, I, for as long as I can remember, I did it almost every day. Yeah, it was oh. it was crazy, but. At the same time, you have to think about it. Like, 
there were no studios because studios you have to pay right and you have a schedule that you have to stick to but if imagine if you had no no studio you didn't have to pay it's completely free to practice this and if you love it you're just gonna want it more and more you know what i mean because i remember during the saigon electric years at your peak you were totally different than the way you are when i met you just recently you know it was just a two different people almost and i was telling some of my buddies about it, another executive producer who helped me uh, who was my exec producer uh, on uh, saigon electric i was like kansas totally different person than when i remembered you um at the saigon performing arts center uh in orange county um it, it's your your vibe is different who you transformed into becoming uh you're a lot more personable um back then you were you know you th th there was a a level of i think your mind was just so focused on the dance or wherever you were but it wasn't you weren't like present here yeah exactly different. yeah that's what i was saying earlier i didn't realize that until i looked back because uh like i said i was just so deep into the passion that i did not care about anything else because this was my thing you know what i mean i was very like i mean i basically matured i basically kind of stepped out of my own avatar yeah. and kind of said all right what's going on with the rest of the world and but that didn't happen obviously right away it was just through the multiple experience of life you know in the past 10 years it's just it changes or not really change but it brings out who you really are you know what i mean and now that i'm here it feels like wow like that's what i've been doing the the whole time just like that's the type of person i was and now you're right i am a completely different person uh just because of what i've experienced and what i've gone through and all the perspectives i've gained as well um it really kind of helped me figure out where my passion was for dance because yes i love it but i'm not in love with it if that makes sense because yes. once you're in it you're just kind of enveloped in it you're not really focused on anything else right and i think it's okay for people to be in that space because you know you should experience that once in a while to just just to know what it's like to really zone in on something right because that allows you to kind of experience life through a completely different lens correct right but yeah um i think now where i'm at um the outside space where i'm not deeply in it anymore it feels much more better there's so much more room here you know it, it, you're more open to kind of experience more things yeah i was surprised when when i approached you how open you were and how you know different you were just a different person um you know 11 12 years ago and i am um, i i feel blessed that you know the 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 openness is was very apparent and uh it was warm you know it was a very oh warm thank you there. thank you wow i've never heard that before so i appreciate that but yeah. yeah you know what it could be also is um what is i gonna say um yeah i don't know it, it, it's just been so long that i i used to be introverted right hmm. i used to because think about it dancing it, back then like it wasn't as cool so it, it's kind of like the equivalent of like a comic book nerd like oh yeah. i just want to like be in my corner read my thing be in private and enjoy this hobby on my own right it wasn't big it wasn't popular or anything now that it is uh when i look back i'm like man i was like super like closed off i just like only cared about this one thing um but then i realized that i didn't it didn't have to be that way and i started to become more extroverted just socialize a lot more and the funny thing is um dance was the reason why i became more extroverted because it connected me to so many of my friends that i love today um it just opens so many doors like once you pick that one thing that you're in like it, it leads you to so many other places so i really appreciate what dance has done for me and for the people around me as well i just want to tell everybody who's listening and watching this that um the poriotics was elite it was an elite <laughs> group of of young men that performed it, it you know I, I can't explain it because we're just using words to describe it but the mechanics and the precision and the accuracy of the movements um i hope it one day comes back i hope that it becomes popular again because it's a shame that 
we don't get to have these. I, I don't know what the residencies for um, the Jabberwockies and you know these guys performing in Vegas. I don't know if they still have these shows or they're continuing, but I'd love to hear your thoughts on that. And um, But I just want to comment and let people know that if anybody wants to check this out, uh, go search them up on YouTube and look up the Poriotics and you'll see what I'm talking about with uh, Ken's ability. Yeah, yeah. Just don't don't search back too far. You know, I might get a little embarrassed <laughs> of, how, <laughs> of how funny my hair was or whatever. I'm just kidding. But anyway, yeah, like I appreciate those words. Really, I do. Um, I'm very grateful to have gone through this experience and to have made an impact on, um, you know, everyone that's a part of this community. But um, yeah, it, it just saddens me a little bit that it's not big anymore. But at the same time, uh, nothing is forever, right? You you want to be able to look back to say, wow, that was such a good time yeah. for its time. But it is time to move on from that, right? Because otherwise, uh, without change, like you would, there's no progress. There's nothing, right? So it it was great. It was a little bittersweet moment. But I'm happy overall that it was that it's over. You know what I mean? Like that wave is over. It, I mean, dancing is still going to be around. Our style is going to be still around. Um, what we do has already kind of made an impact on all those people that started dancing because of us. So they're the ones that are going to continue that legacy based off of what we started, right? But you know what's funny? I say that we started, but we really didn't start it. Mm -hmm. It was already something that already happened that was passed on to us. And so that cycle will continue regardless if we're around or not i'm just glad to be a part of that cycle so even now um i still dance i still do it. i still see other people doing what we used to do as well and it makes me happy i'm like cool it's still alive i don't i don't have to worry about anything i did my part now they they take on the rest of it you know they carry the rest of the slack it's all good you know i don't think it's ever really going to go away um but like i said it comes and goes in waves it'll come back someday you know who knows Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets and so much more download the app in virginia today and get 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at betmgm betmgm and GameSense remind you to play responsibly see betmgm.com for terms 21 plus only virginia only new customer offer subject to eligibility requirements rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days please gamble responsibly gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER promotional offer not available in washington dc what's so special about hero bread soft fluffy and delicious breads buns and tortillas hero bread serves up zero to one grams of net carbs five to eleven grams of protein and high fiber in every delicious serving Made with natural ingredients, Hero Bread supports gut health, promotes weight management, and helps maintain blood sugar. Hero also drops other limited edition ultra-low net carb goodies like rich, flaky croissants and buttery brioche slider rolls. Head to Hero.co to shop today. And you don't know how many people, young Vietnamese kids that you affected during that period because, you know, I mean, let's face it, during that time, it's pretty early, like 10, 11 years ago, there was not a whole lot of Viet pride or Asian pride happening in the media. And to see this uh, dance crew on national TV and having these Vietnamese kids, you know, I, I felt like the Vietnamese kids were leaders uh, in the group and the Filipino kids were like in addition, right? I don't, I, I yeah, could be yeah. <clears throat> so uh, it started with three Vietnamese guys. Yeah, straight up. Oh. Only because, you know, in OC, like, the Vietnamese people are here, yeah. and that's... It was just by happenstance, right? But the Filipinos came when we started competing in the college dance teams, and in the college dance space, lots of Filipino kids are, like, competing. Uh, we actually joined this group called Pac Modern, which is a Filipino-American um, coalition, if I'm correct. I forget what, what the... A oh, Filipino Association or whatever, something like that, right? It's a Filipino club 
in Cal State Long Beach. Oh, yeah. And, you know, there's Kava Modern. There's like other groups that are just like that. And it's mostly Filipino culture doing dance competitions. And so when we joined that, we're like, hey, let's pick up a couple of these guys, put them in our group and compete, you know, because we weren't really thinking about ethnicity or anything like that at the time. It just so happened that, oh, you guys are Filipino. You know, it, we never once thought like, let's specifically pick these people because of their ethnicities. It was never like that. You know, it was all based off skill. It's skill, um, friendship, you know, how we bonded with each other. Um, that was like the main thing is just like, are you cool? We're cool. All right, let's do it. You know, it wasn't, it wasn't anything. We never saw like, we never thought about it like that. But then, uh, once I look back, it's like the fact that we kind of mixed it up and didn't keep it to one ethnicity kind of like brought other people together as well. Because we would go to the Philippines, right? And they would love us there because it's like, once you do something in America and you bring it to the Philippines that they love it, you know? Because it's like you're representing the whole country because it's such a small country, but there's so much passion going on and so much dance going on there. Same thing with Vietnam. We actually performed in Vietnam in 2013 and so many people were just like ready to receive us because it's 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 been like forever since anything Vietnamese has been big in America for the whole world for, for that fact. You know what I mean? So it, to me, it means a lot to be a part of that. And to be able to go to these countries of our origin and just dance there and share what we've been doing, you know, for so long. But, yeah, it's a really beautiful thing, honestly. Yeah, I mean, that experience of being sort of like the top dog uh, and bringing that to Vietnam. And that's such a field that that's so rare to have Vietnamese kids and uh, Vietnamese young people uh, to bring that to the motherland and to kind of do exhibit exhibitions for the work that you did at the highest levels must have been such a a unique feeling right yeah because um if you think about it like you don't really feel this level of acceptance right until Mm. you start doing your own thing and you start visiting these places where people don't have this right and once you see how happy people are and just through something that, you know, me and my friends were just doing in my backyard and it led to this, it's like, it's unbelievable. And so for me to be able to experience that, it's like, wow, like, like people really love this. So uh, I'm just glad that I'm able to give that, you know, give that experience to them. And, and it, it makes me happy. It makes them happy. It's kind of like a win-win for everyone. Mm -hmm. Right. But, um, yeah, I know, I know that, although it already happened it's like it can still happen now with the new generation and with uh, even with myself now too i feel like if i were to go back to vietnam right now teach classes or do a show or something i still feel like that energy would be there you know what i mean um it's just that there's got to be the right time there's got to be the right events or whatever right so the thing is like i'm always going to be dancing um I'll always be there for dance. You know, I will show up when I need to show up for it um, because I do treat it as its own entity almost. Wow. You know. Are you still um, close to your uh, team? Uh, Close in a way, yes, but um, physically not close. Like we we all kind of went our own separate ways, did our own things. We're we're still around. Uh, We still keep in touch here and there. But we're not like the type of friends where we're like, hey, let's see each other every day. But who who is really nowadays? Because once you get older, you have family, yeah. you got school or whatever, full-time jobs, whatever, right? I got a company I'm running. So it's like very difficult to meet up, right? Just because you have to take care of your own personal stuff. You have your life goals that you want to yeah. achieve, right? And that's totally understandable. But um, there will always be times where we're like, hey, let's get together, you know, do do this, do that. Oh, so-and-so's wedding, let's go, you know? <laughs> it's like that. So I think we're always going to be family. And you know how, how it is with family sometimes. Like, you're close, but you're not close. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, it's, it's just like that. So um, the, the experiences that we've gone through together will, you know, never be forgotten. We're, we're always going to be brothers in a way. Um, but, yeah, so it, we, still, we still keep in touch for sure, though. How do you think your work when you were with the Poriotics has impacted Vietnamese people 
throughout the world? Uh, I mean, from the looks of it and from my experience, it seems like it was very positive overall. Um, I don't recall like ever hearing anything like, oh, you know, these guys are this or that. It's it's mostly overall good experience, you know. Um, and <laughs> it's funny because thinking back now, like through all the touring and the parties that we did, it's like we kind of didn't really even think about that. We were just like, yeah, let's just have fun. You know, let's have fun. Let's just do this, do that. Um, but yeah, for the most part, it was really positive. Um, and I think even now, there's I, I spoke to a few dancers that are from Vietnam that used to watch us, and they're still d- loving it. They're still going. Mm-hmm. They're competing. Like it, it's very much alive in Vietnam right now. Um, there's a few Vietnamese poppers that I connected with through Instagram that I'm like, hey, keep representing, keep doing it. Because I was once there, you know? So I, I always try to find talent and just kind of encourage them. Because it's like, you never know where that could take them. Because if they see someone that they used to look up to, encourage them, it's just going to keep pushing it forward, you know? So I always try to um, give credit where it's due, especially to the younger generation. You know, one of my questions that I prepared is, um, when you look at a dancer... Uh, or a lay person like me, when I look at a dancer, uh, whether they're part of like a, a, a poriotics or, or just dancing by themselves in a battle, what do you think makes somebody believable or somebody you watch and you're like, I'm not buying that, right? Technical mm-hmm. proficiency aside, like crisp, accurate movements aside, there's sometimes yes. you like looking at it going, I don't believe it. I'm not buying into whatever the fuck the story they're trying to present. I'm not right. Into it. it doesn't resonate with them. It doesn't right? resonate. But other people less skilled, you're just like, whoa, I am. And, you know, sometimes there's these overweight dancers and, you know, you just yes. see them doing their thing. And you're like, oh, my God, I am all in. What What is that? So if you take a step back like not only is dance an art form but it's a form of communication right and if you speak a language that someone understands they go ah light bulb i get it but if you're speaking a language that's completely foreign completely you know out of the box for them it's like i don't get what's going on even though you're speaking it very clearly right you know that's what it is it's a form of communication all the different styles all the stories you're telling through dance because you know you could tell stories right but it's visual and for you to interpret that story and or for the audience to interpret it it, it really matters like who's watching right because if they don't get it they then you know they they haven't learned the language or they haven't understood it yet so for some people that do really really basic moves or really like fun easy to learn moves that resonates with such a bigger audience because people understand it you know like something like a popular dance trend or whatever right like that requires almost zero skill to do no training you just do it you copy it and you do it but for some reason that will explode in in the social media space because you know people understand the language like they get it like oh it's a it's a meme or this is a trend or this is that so so they get it right but then when you have something like that super technical or whatever even though it looks visually stunning Mm -hmm. If, if I don't understand why this arm is out here or why this that, I'm just going to be like, I'm bored. You know what I mean? So it, it doesn't always uh, matter how much effort you put into it. What matters is that where that effort is going. Are you putting effort in your own physical ability to do the move? Or are you putting effort into making sure the audience understands what you're doing? See, that's two completely different yeah. focuses, right? And so for our crew... We understood that because we would always tell jokes. We would always mess around and we would do things un- other than just dancing. Like we would dance, but we also do something funny because we know, oh, they're going to laugh when they see this because we want to get the audience involved. We don't right. want them to just watch us dance. We want them to be entertained. Engaged. We want them to, you know, whatever. So there was that element added on top of that with our dance because um, you know, that's just our, the thing that we love to do. We like to make people laugh. We like to make people, you know, go, wow, you know. So so for us, it was always about the audience. It's like, how can we make it so that they understand what we're doing and have a good time while while we're doing it? So that's that's the difference between, you know, 
a dancer that you know does something cruel but nobody gets it and the poriotics have their 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 spot but you also work with just kidding films uh barton joe which at the same time was you know wang fu and all of these sort of like the base level foundation for asian american sort of media representation today that we don't young people probably are not thinking of much uh the, the really young but you are uh you were involved in these multiple stratas and these multiple pockets of of these um, organizations, if you will, and they still go on. Um, do you think that there is a second chapter for yourself beyond the dance and more um, in the realm of uh, these media companies that I, I mentioned? Yeah, I think naturally, yes, because um with film and with media those types of businesses and we're just talking business models like those type of business models tend to last longer because there's already been a history of hollywood you know the whole film industry even in the indie film industry there's that circuit has been going on for a while youtube kind of just brought it to a different space right and so that whole thing it lives on right through that and so naturally for me if dancing is not working out and i'm in this other space like i'm totally fine with that because that gives me a chance to bring dancing to a new space right to youtube or whatever new media right and so i think even though i'm not touring anymore i think being a part of this space is completely fine because you were mentioning yeah there's like different businesses and, and companies but at the same time these are my friends like i i grew up watching these guys i i live with these guys you know it's like they're just people that I know that are also willing to create and innovate and, and try to inspire other people to do the same. And so I just surround myself with people that do that. And so naturally, yeah, of course, like if I'm going to be video editing, like I'm basically just plugging myself into all these people that are, have been doing this for years. So to me, it's a way to kind of thrive, but also be creative at the same time. Right. And so doing that kind of allowed me to not have the pressure of like oh i need to dance to make money right i just i can just dance to just to dance like exactly how i started right because when i started it was like i'm just dancing because i love it but then once it became a job it's like now i'm dancing because i need to dance see and but but the fact that i don't have to dance for money anymore it's it makes me so much like more relieved to just be able to do it as a passion again and honestly that whole uh, YouTube space with Just Kidding Films and everything, like, they're the reason why I started the video editing company. Oh, wow. Yeah, because um, it all started when I was um, editing for Just Kidding News, which is their other channel, right? And I, I just did that for side income. But then once they started uh, referring me to other YouTubers and other podcasts and everything, I my clientele started to grow. So I was like, okay, there's no way I could keep up with this. I need to start a company. And then started the company last year and then we've just been going new clients here left and right and just growing right and so now that that's going on that has become my new you know passion yeah but wow. at this yeah this is the second chapter exactly this is it right here you're in it <laughs> i love it because now this is tying what you said about steve jobs earlier right it's it's tying in you brought that up, right? Though, when you look back on the on the, all the points, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. this is it. This is sort of like the um, connecting all the dots. And now you are in phase two. Uh, and are you going as hard as you did with, you know, with dance? Even more so, because back then, um, I was kind of just along for the ride, right? Because uh, there were we were in a group, so we were all kind of chipping in here and there. It didn't feel like it was just me. It feels like I was just a part of something, right? But now it's like, oh, this is something that I started. Like, I'm I'm the leader now. I have to be the one to say, hey, let's get this done. Let's let I make the calls, right? I, I go, all right, where do we want to go with this company? Uh, I do have a business partner as well, but he's in Korea right now. And so the the funny thing about this company is is mostly if we're talking about ethnicity, it's like all over the place <laughs> it, it's vietnamese korean uh we have a uh, mexican guy and like it's just completely different right but at the same time um the impact that we're gonna make 
is I see it. Like I, I have this vision for our company and where we're gonna go with it. Uh, I, I don't want to share it right now, but because it's to me, it, it's very it's something very personal, um, and it's like a journey that I, I share with like my friends and all everybody in my company. We're all friends. Like that's that's the best part about it. Because I I told myself, okay, well if I'm not gonna get go back to a regular job, um, then I'm gonna start companies and I only work with my friends. Because I look at Wang Fu, I look at JK, I look at like all the other YouTubers. They're all friends. They they all work together as friends, and that's the only reason why they got to where they got to because they work with people they trust, right? And at the same time, it, it feels much nicer to have a bunch of groups of friends get together for events and everything. And it's like, wow, you did this cool. Like like it, it's very inspiring to to see that, right? And it's all just. It feels like much better that way because it feels more like a family, and it doesn't feel like very corporate. You know what I mean? Like it, yeah. it doesn't feel empty. Like there's a lot of meaning behind it. And if you work with the right people, I think it's completely fine. Um, but yeah, like that really inspired me to kind of just do all of this. Was just creating a lifestyle where we're constantly growing, constantly learning, but all at the same time we're doing it with our friends, our brothers. You know. As no. far as like Wang Fu and Just Kidding, they had massive following and massive effect on young Asian Americans during their heyday. Is it still going on at that level, or has it died down? Uh, to be honest, I do not know <laughs> because I don't consume media the way that uh, their audience does, right? Because I, I'm in my own space. I'm in my yeah. own thing. Uh, I'm not a, a Wang Fu. You know, I'm not their target audience. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, so to me, I'm completely like unaware of like how uh, they're received as as you know uh, filmmakers and all that. But I just know that anybody that talks about them always has a high level of respect for them. Always, always. So to me, it's like okay, you guys are fine. Like, just keep doing what you're, whatever you're doing. They found what works for them. Yeah. And, you know, and JK too, Bart and Joe, they helped out with uh, Saigon Electric in the early days as well. And oh, I'm very thankful yeah, yeah. to those guys. Yeah. Yeah. So for them, um, I could talk about what they've been doing because like I still work with them. Um, they're kind of like reinventing in a way. But the funny thing is the way they're reinventing is kind of going back to their roots and just kind of like. Funny you know, skits. Just, just the boys talking. Um, they did do skits uh, here and there, but their main thing now is just to start conversations about very like contra- not controversial topics, but like stuff that's harder to talk about. You know what I mean? And some most of the time they're just roasting each other and like you know whatever, just making fun of each other and and doing things. But that kind of brings them back to the old days where it, it was more about the camaraderie. And about the friendship, and about you know just do, getting together, right? And they brought that spirit back to to where it is now. Um, you can actually check it out. It's called the the Careful Boys. So so just kidding news. They have a segment now called Off the Record Careful Boys, and, and it's just so much funnier than than what it used to be because before it would be more of like news and everything, but now it's more about news and comedy, and, and it's so much. I, I think what they're doing is great. Um, but that also inspired me to go. You know what? Like, if they've been doing it for this long and they constantly find new ways to like improve, it's like okay, then I shouldn't have a problem. You know, I should be able to find something new as well. And it's very inspiring to see that. Yeah, it is. It takes a lot of courage to do that too. You mm-hmm. know, to, to evolve and to kind of find a new you and you know, because those guys have been at it since two thousand and nine. I want to say two thousand seven. Seven. Yeah. Long time, long time. Running, that's like 15 years, right? Yeah, yeah. And the the crazy thing is they've gone through a lot of changes too because uh, I've kind of been there for all their changes. Yeah. And no matter what, not once were they like, yeah, let's just call it. Let's just call it quits. Never. Cause, because it's like, why? Like this is this is their lifestyle now. Like this is their business. It's, it's what they do. It's like... It's like for me, if I ever were to quit dance, like why, why, why should I? Yeah, right. Yeah. There's nothing. There's no. There's no point. <laughs> so, yeah. You know, thank you so much for, um, you know, this ability to be 
reconnected and and the warmth that you know um many years later we just in life we don't know what the next year the next decade will bring i think clearly we're beyond that decade and we're into our second decade now early second decade of knowing each other um or knowing of each other and i am um so pleasantly surprised with uh how you've uh pivoted and you've changed and i can't wait to see and hear and and read about the next you know decade of your life and and the things that you'll be doing in the media space thank you for coming awesome on today. yeah no problem thank you for having me honestly this was a lot of fun because uh, i don't really get a platform to talk about this kind of stuff most of the time it's just me dancing so it, to for me to even talk about any of this it's like it, it makes me happy to be able to share that with somebody you know and plus on your platform to be able to share that with your audience as well so i i hope they enjoyed listening to this because like you're never gonna get it anywhere else <laughs> you know what i mean right 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 so. and i don't know if we did enough dance justice you know because we talked about you know maybe 20 percent of but that's that's what's been happening a lot with people that I've interviewed it's like you come for the UFC or you come for the poriotics but you don't really get all of that you only get a sliver of it and sometimes I'm not sure if I'm doing justice to the audience because you know they see poriotics in the headlines and they're like oh we want to mm -hmm. hear what Tan has to say I mean that you're just gonna have to keep bringing me on I guess <laughs> there's always <laughs> more to talk about man like I I've been getting into so much other stuff lately but not just dance but honestly dance is the main thing that kind of yeah. brought me to everything so uh, I think we covered like pretty much like cool you know the history of it and everything so I think it's good yeah and I think that um just like other major podcasts you you have these recurring friends that come back and and talk about different things throughout the life of you know, I want to be doing this for the next 20 years. So, you, you know, coming back year after year to talk about different things that, that show up in the, uh, in the universe of, of, of our world, our, our, of our lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. I would love to come back on for sure. Uh, this was really fun. Thank you. Thank you, Ken. Re really appreciate it. And I'll talk to you soon. Yeah, for sure. All right. Have a good one. Thanks. Thank you for listening to The Vietnamese with Kenneth Nguyen. The Vietnamese is produced by Brittany Tran. Special thanks to Jane Nguyen, Catherine Nguyen, Tina Pham, Sydney Jamie, and Christo Trin. Please find us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at The Vietnamese Podcast. You can also find us on YouTube where you can subscribe, like, and comment. Please rate and give us a review wherever you find our podcast. Thanks again for listening. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently, by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Brain fog, insomnia, moodiness, weight gain. Maybe you think they're just part of getting older, but Midi Health understands that for women over 40, they can all connect to menopause. It's at the root of dozens of symptoms we experience, not just hot flashes. Midi clinicians are menopause experts offering safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of Midi patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.